0: My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I'm going to talk to you today about how to stay strong in challenging times. With that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and start reading from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2. It says in this scripture, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen in you. I believe that we are living right smack in the middle of these two verses. We're living in a time and we're living in a season where darkness, gross darkness, is covering the earth. There's many trials, there's many afflictions, there's many negative things going on in the earth. But at the same time, my friends, I want you to understand that the glory of God is rising in the church. And God has given us weapons, God has given us tools, and God has given us strategies whereby we can overcome the darkness overcome the challenges that are facing us in this day and in this hour. See, I know and I believe that we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy people, and we have been called and we have been ordained to live in a time such as this, and those who God calls, he equips. He has put on the inside of each and every one of you the thing that you need to stand up and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So as we enter into this message, I want you to keep that in mind. That yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That yes, that you have been born for touch at such a time as this. That yes, You have everything that you need to stand strong in these challenging times. And what I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to highlight four specific things that will help you to stay strong in these challenging times. The very first thing I want to emphasize is that it's very important for us as we enter into this season, actually we already are in this season, it's very important that we intertwine our life with God. Let me say that again. It's very important that we intertwine our life with God. It's important that we put God first place in our lives. It is important that we make him Lord over our lives. It's important in this time and in this season that we give Jesus Christ our all. It's not a time and it's not a season for you and I to be on the fence. It's either black or or white. There's no in the middle. There's no in between. So if you're going to stand strong in these challenging times, it's very important that you put God first place in your life. I'm going to go ahead and read from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31. Now, if it sounds like I'm talking very fast, it's because I am. It's because I have a lot to say to you today. And I like what my son said to me uh, one time. He paid me one of the highest compliments anybody could ever pay He said, Mommy, I like your ministry because you don't water down the Bible. You give us a lot of scriptures. And that's what I think we need, my friends. We need to war a good warfare. And the way we're going to war a good warfare is by knowing the scriptures, understanding the scriptures, and practicing the scriptures. So if I give a lot of scriptures, and it seems like a lot to you, then I just encourage you to go back in the replay and listen to this message over and over and over. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and this will encourage you and strengthen you in this challenging time. So, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31, it says here, Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth? He neither faints, And nor is he weary. Isn't that good news? We serve a God who is not fainting. We serve a God who is not weary. We serve a God who is not surprised by these challenging times. He says his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men, they will utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord shall what? They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk. And not faint. Now, those of you that have been in the church a long time and are seasoned Christians, so to speak, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. But there's something I want to emphasize in this verse today—that something you may have never heard before. When we look at this verse, it says here, "Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength." That word "wait" in the Hebrew uh, it means. That they that wait upon the Lord, it's that word wait means is the transliteration from the Hebrew. And it means to twist or to bind once a rope. So those that wait upon the Lord, those that twist or bind once a rope, their life with God will not grow weary. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. This verse reveals the active nature of intertwining one's life with the life of God. When we intertwine, when this intertwining is taking place, the person Is made strong. He who waits, twists his life with God, is made strong. That's why we need to put God first place in our life. So when you wait upon the Lord and you intertwine your life with God, you are like this piece of rope. You are strong. And this rope can be used to pull some very heavy things. But if we don't intertwine our lives with God and we don't put him first place and we don't, quote, wait upon him, our lives become fragmented and weak. And God is saying to you today, I want you to intertwine your life with me so that you're made strong He doesn't want you to grow weak. He doesn't want you to grow weary in well-doing. He wants you to intertwine your life with him. See, many people are afraid to give God their all because they think that God wants to take something from them. God does not want to take anything from you. God wants your life. And when you give God your all and you give him your everything, you are not only made strong, but your path is Like the path of the righteous, your path will grow brighter and brighter and brighter, and you will have hope for your future. So it's important that we intertwine our life with God, okay? Listen, my friends, this is a very important truth. You have to know God for yourself. You have to know God for yourself. You have to have a personal, intimate relationship with God, with Jesus Christ, for yourself. You cannot rely on your mother's God. You cannot rely on your father's relationship with God. You cannot rely on your pastor or your leader's relationship and intimacy with God. You have to know God for yourself. You are the one that is responsible for intertwining your life with God. It is a personal responsibility. And as you do that, You are made strong, okay? Now, he says, you'll mount up with wings like an eagle. Eagles are mentioned 32 times in the scriptures, and they are referred to as an example of the Christian life. Listen, I'll slow down for just a minute so you can breathe, okay? Eagles are mentioned 32 times in scripture, and it's in reference to the Christian life. And God is saying here, when you wait upon me and intertwine your life with me, you're going to mount up with wings like an eagle. And with that in mind, let's talk about the eagle. Eagles are, are incredible beings. They're unusual birds. And they are born, born to soar higher and faster than any bird. They are especially able to soar above the clouds and the storms when it rains and I've seen this in my backyard, okay? When it rains, most birds head for shelter. But the eagle is the only bird that in order to avoid the rain soars above the clouds. Not only that, just a side note, when they're soaring above the clouds, they're able to see actually even at an altitude of a thousand feet they can spot prey over an area almost three square miles from a fixed position eagles are powerful powerful creatures and god compares us as christians to an eagle it's his will and it's his plan and it's his purpose that you and i have the life of an eagle where we are strong and we are strengthened listen to this Eagles love a storm. When clouds gather, and I thought this was interesting, the eagles actually get excited. The eagles use the storm's wind to lift it higher. Once it finds the wind of the storm, the eagle locks their wings and uses the fierce, raging storm to lift him above the clouds. This gives the eagle an opportunity to rest. This gives the eagle an opportunity to glide and rest its wings. In the meantime, all the other birds, you know, they're just hiding in the trees and in the leaves of, in the branches of the trees. What are we saying? We're saying this. It's very simple. When we intertwine our life with God, we can use the raging storms of life to rise to greater heights. My friends, God is calling us to rise to greater heights, but he's saying the very first thing we all have to do is intertwine our life with him, go deeper with him, higher with him, put him first place in areas where we have not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. Number two, okay, how do we intertwine our life with God? Now this may be very simplistic, but you know what? The Lord said to me, There's many that are listening that are been Christians a long time. And he gave me the scripture that says that 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 that, that. We should take heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip. And the Lord said to me, some of my people, they've let some of these basic truths slip, and I want to remind them today not only to put me first, but I want to remind them to put my word first place in their lives. Put the word of God first place in your life. Not someone's experience, not someone's story, but put the word of God in your heart. Make a fresh commitment to study to show yourselves approved unto God. Make a fresh commitment to to, uh, make a conscious, disciplined effort to put more of the word of God in your heart and in your life. Because if we're gonna survive in these challenging times, we have to know what God has to say in his his word. It's not some experience. It's not what we think. What does God say in His Word? Okay, let me just talk to you about some scriptures about the Word of God. 1 Peter 1 and why we need to put it in our hearts. 1 Peter 1 talks about the Word of God, and the Bible says that the Word of God is an incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. The word of God is so quick and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and divides asunder. Soul and spirit goes right into your heart, and it is an incorruptible seed, the scripture says, that lives and abides forever. So when you study the word or you put the word in your heart, it goes into your heart and it does not return void, but it produces something within you. The word of God renews your mind. The word of God strengthens you in your faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not having heard, but a continual hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's very important. Important that we put the Word of God in our lives. That we take time to study the Word of God. We take time to read the Word of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get distracted. And I'm telling you straight up, because I'm not a phony baloney preacher. I'll tell you what goes on in my life because I'm just like you. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, there is none righteous no not one and the things that tempt me tempt every single one of us and I don't know about you but sometimes in the morning when I wake up the very first thing I do is I look at my phone and then I go on social media and I look at my inbox and then I look at the emails and then I look at Instagram Oh, those Instagram stories they're really fun aren't they and and you know the Lord's been really dealing with me he's like Margie if you want to stay strong in these challenging times read the Bible app Read the scripture. Read the Bible app. And he he corrected me. He says, you're being lazy. You're being distracted. You're distracted, and it's causing you to get distracted off of your course. He says, I want you to put your word in my heart so that you don't sin against me. Because, you see, when you put the word of God in your heart, it produces character. It produces strength. It produces stability it builds you, it strengthens you, and it anchors you, okay? So the Word of God is food for your spiritual life, okay? You know that, you know the prayer from uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 8, it's that famous prayer, the Our Father, but in the Our Father, Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. What is bread? Bread, you know, there's spiritual bread and natural bread. What is Natural bread do. Natural bread strengthens you. Natural bread nourishes you. Natural bread helps you to be strong. Carbs are good when you want to work out and have a good workout. So he's saying, give us this day our daily bread. Okay, so let's talk about the spiritual side of bread. Uh, Daily bread for spiritual strength. Like your body needs food, your spirit needs. Or your inward man needs the word of God. The word of God is substance. The word of God is bread. The word of God will keep you strong. You see, my friends, you, you, many of you know this. Some of you don't. But you're a triune being. Uh, the Bible says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible also talks about the hidden man of the heart. So you are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and your intellect, and you live in a physical body. What we do oftentimes is we feed our physical bodies, you know, three full meals a day and then one snack, especially late at night. And it causes us what? To be strong. And many of us even work out to keep us strong. We're feeding our body. We're taking care of our body. And then we have the mind. Many of you are very intelligent. Some of you are gifted in intelligence. You're very smart and creative. And you, your mind is very sharp. And, and so therefore with our mind, we feed our mind by reading things, by studying, by, by doing all kinds of things that, that feed our intellect. But what about our spirit? What about the hidden man of the heart? We need to stop feeding our spirit one cold snack a week and start feeding our spirit the word of God so that we can stand strong in these challenging times. Otherwise, my friends, we're not going to make it. If we don't know what the Bible has to say about our circumstances and our challenges, then we, my friends, are not going to make it. The word of God also creates stability. I'm not going to read the verse to you because I'm trying to get through this. The Bible talks in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23 through 24, uh, that that, that Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will what? He says, if you hear them and you do them. He said, I'll liken them unto a wise man, someone who's very smart, someone who's not neglecting the word of god someone who's disciplined themselves to study even when they don't feel like it or they don't even understand at times what they're reading i will liken him unto a wise man which what which built his house upon a rock listen this all's going to go together when the rains come and the storms come and beat against your house Your house won't fall. Why? Jesus said, because you've built your house on hearing my word and doing my word. So when these storms come and these winds come and these challenging circumstances come, your house isn't going to fall. You're not going to have a nervous breakdown. You're not going to have panic attacks. You're not going to go into depression. You're going to be still and know that he is God because you know what he said in his word about your challenging times. So the word of God makes you strong, creates stability in your heart and in your life. Not only that, but in your family, in your home, in your church, and in your ministry. Now, practically speaking, and I think sometimes as leaders, we need to be practical. How do we put the Word of God first so that we can stay strong? Number one, read the Bible. Okay? Read the Word of God. A Bible app, or I strongly, to be honest... I know this might be old-fashioned, I strongly encourage you to have a Bible, to have a physical paper Bible, because, you know, this, you know, we're always on our phones. How about make it a devotional time with God, and we open up our Bible, and we read one of the books of the New Testament, and then underline it, and make it real, and make it personal. So how do we put the Word of God first in our lives? Number one, read your Bible. So, Margie, you know, I read my Bible and I just don't understand what it says or what it means. Well, I have a remedy for that. Because in the Word of God, there's always the answer. You start praying Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 over your life. It's a simple prayer. Pray that the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding would be opened and enlightened pray that prayer every time you open up your Bible to read the scriptures pray that prayer for yourself it's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 and you will see that the eyes of your spirit the eyes of your heart will begin to be opened and enlightened and you'll be able to understand the scriptures like you've never understood them before where it would seemed kind of like lifeless it's going to come alive, because the Holy Spirit is the great illuminator. And when you begin to pray, it opens up the door for God to work. And so the Holy Spirit gets active and engaged, and he begins to open up the eyes of your heart. Number two, how do you put the word of God first? Study the Bible. So you have 15 minutes out of your day Take those 15 minutes, get a great devotional book, and study the Word of God. Or just get a commentary. Take one scripture and just meditate on it and think about it and study it and study it. What happens when you do that is it starts to build something inside of you. Because what we're doing is we're building something on the inside of you. So you you build the Word of God within you, and it causes you to stay strong. Number three, we already said it, but I'll say it again. Meditate on it. Meditate on the word of God, Joshua 1.8. God told Joshua, listen, you want to be successful, I'm going to give you a key. And he said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but meditate on it. How often? Once a week. Meditate on it day and night, day and and night, what I would encourage you to do is take one scripture. Take a scripture, for example, that meets your need, your need for the day or your need for the week. For example, let's say you're anxious. You have a problem with anxiety. Well, find a scripture that meets your need. So the Bible says, uh, don't be anxious for anything, but by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus. So take, if you have anxiety, take that one scripture and meditate on it. What does it mean to meditate on it? On it? it means to think about it, to ponder it, to think upon on it, visualize it. Visualize yourself allowing the peace of God to rule in your heart. Visualize yourself doing what the Bible says. I think it's Isaiah 26.3. Visualize yourself being still and knowing if he is God. If God said, be still and know that I am God, well, then he means what he says. What he wants us to do is he wants us to come into agreement what he already said about us because it's not his will that you be anxious or worried or fretful about anything. He wants his peace to rule as an umpire in your heart. So when you begin to meditate on these scriptures, meditate on the word of God that meets your need, it's going to change you and change your life. The word of God will change your life. How else do we put the word of God in us? Listen to it online. What I do is, and I I sometimes just put, put scripture tapes in and I listen to it while I'm doing dishes or I listen to it while I'm walking my dog or I listen to it. You know, when I'm driving in my car, I listen to it sometimes, not even necessarily with my head, But that scripture, that word is going into my heart. It's not returning void. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. It's going that spirit word, that seed, is going into my heart. Whether I comprehend it or not, or I'm listening wholeheartedly or not, the word is spirit and life, and it's going into my heart. It doesn't return void. And then when I need something in a circumstance that I come up against, the Holy Spirit will draw it out and bring all things to your remembrance. You can listen to scriptures on tape. I produce multiple scriptures on subjects. Freedom from anxiety, worry, and fear. The heart of the Father. Prayer scriptures. So on and so on and so forth. And I just listen to them over and over and over and over again. And it produces uh, faith in my life. Okay? How else are we to be able to stand strong in these challenging times? I would encourage you to cultivate an active and a simple prayer life. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. And the Bible says in Nehemiah 810, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. How are we going to stay strong in these challenging times? We need to spend time in the presence of God, Have cultivate an active and simple prayer life. There's different ways we could do it. We could do it in a quiet place, Matthew 6.6. 6. If you want to just find a room in your apartment or in your house and just go into, like, that little quiet area and cultivate a, a, some time with God in your prayer life, then do that. You can also pray. This is one of my favorite things to do. You can also pray in your bed. I told my son recently because he was he was asking me some questions about prayer and, and he's like I'm just work so much and I have so much going on in my life I just it's just hard for me sometimes to just stop go in a quiet room and focus my attention on Jesus. I said Jonathan, I said you can lay in your bed at night, or you can lay in your bed for, in the morning, or even if you wake up in the middle of the night. You can lay in your bed, and you can spend time with Jesus. You see, my friends, you are the house of prayer. You don't have to go to a building. You don't have to go to a spot. You are the house of prayer. God lives on the inside of you. So you can cultivate an inward prayer life without even having an outward posture of being in a particular place. So I would encourage you. This is one of my favorite things to do. Lay in your bed and cultivate your prayer life. Here's a scripture. Uh, it says here in Psalm 63, 6, On my bed I remember you. I think of you through all the watches of the night. So when you're laying in your bed, just meditate on the Lord and pray to him and talk to him. How else can we develop a simple prayer life? Pray as you go. Just pray as you go. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen says... Pray without ceasing and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto. But we people say, Well, how do you pray all the time and pray always? Well, you could do it by just thinking about God, talking to God about everything. I talk to God about everything. If He said to me, and if He says to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Well, then I'm just going to act like he's always with me. He's always here with me. He walks with me. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. God dwells in me. He walks with me. He, you know, He's not only available when I'm in my prayer closet or in a prayer room. No, he's with me always. He said, I will be with you always, even unto the ends of this age. So I like to call it pray as you go. So if I walk into the grocery store, uh, I just be like, Lord, you know, what do you think about da 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 da? I just talk to him like I would talk to a friend. You know, the Bible says God. Moses knew God face to face and talked to him as a man speaks to his friend. You could develop intimacy and friendship with Jesus by just praying as you go, talking to him. I made a joke recently on one of my Facebook posts about, you know, when now we have to wear all these masks. And and it's so funny because I was in Target the other day, and I was trying to find something for my backyard because, you know, we're all doing gardening right now and planting things, and I wanted to get some things for my garden and my chair. And I was literally talking to myself out loud under my mask, (laughs) and I was talking to God. And I thought, you know, this is the funniest thing. And, you know, normally I just talk to him in my heart so people don't think I'm nuts. But I was just literally talking out loud in my mouth, and I thought it was funny because nobody could see that my mouth was moving. Amen? But you can pray as you go. Don't put God in a box and get condemned because you don't spend uh, an hour in a prayer or you don't go into a closet or into a room. You can pray as you go. Let's talk about worship-based prayer. This is how I fight my battles. I have learned something during this whole challenging time that you and I are living in right now. I have learned that the battle is the Lord. We interceded. We spoke the word. We've been believing God. We've been cursing the virus. We've been taking authority. And one day, because I'm on multiple prayer calls, multiple things online, Zoom calls, prayer calls. I have my own team. We pray. We have prayer calls, so on and so forth. One day, the Lord just said to me, uh, you just start worshiping me. You have bound, you have loosed, you have believed, you have stood, you have decreed, and you have declared. He says, I want you to worship me. Spend time worshiping me with clean hands and a pure heart. And I've just been letting him fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles. There's a really good song, if you've never heard, it's called Surrounded. And it, the the, the uh, other part of that title is, this is how I fight my battles. Like the song said that our, our brother and sister were playing earlier, this is how I fight my battles. Worship God in spirit and in truth. When you worship God... It takes your eyes, your spirit eyes, off of the circumstances and the challenging times, and it puts your eyes back on him who alone is worthy, him who conquered hell, death, and the grave. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're looking unto him, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of your faith, and you're looking away from all the circumstances. And praise, listen, stills the avenger. Praise stills the avenger. Not only that, but prayer, I mean, praise and worship is the voice of faith. So when you're worshiping him and you're praising him and you're thanking him, you have that positive flow going up before the throne of grace, Hebrews 4.16. He hears from heaven and he pours out more grace on you for you to be able to stand strong in these challenging times. This is one major lesson that I've learned, and it's prayer and worship, worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Uh, my daughter, rec- not recently, but she had a situation with her eye when she was in college. Well, I'm not going to get into the whole detail because I want to close soon. But she had a she had a a, a a cornea ulcer from a contact that was stuck in her eye. Believe it or not, she even went to a hospital and they didn't even see the contact in her eye. Long story short, when I got there and got to her college dorm, took her to a specialist. And the doctor said he had never seen such an ulcerated cornea in his practice. It was very serious. She could have lost her sight. We went to an eye specialist for the cornea, and I had to literally, for two days, put drops in her eyes every 15 minutes for two straight days. What does that mean? That means we do what we do in the natural. Got it? We do what we do in the natural. We're going to put those drops in her eyes 15, every 15 minutes for two days, two and a half days. And we'd have to set, set my phone, set the alarm. And we kept waking up and waking up to put those drops in her. And we go back to sleep. And not only that, I not only did something in the natural. Listen, my friends, and this is what God is wanting you to understand. I did something in the spirit. This is how I fight my battles. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I laid hands on her like you said in your word. And I thank you that you lay hands on the sick and they recover. And I'm standing on your word. And I got that song by Chris Tomblum, God's Great Dance Floor. And in the morning, when we would get up during the day, I kept playing that song, God's Great Dance For. You know, this is how I fight my battles. How about you? I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer, right? So when she'd be in the shower, she didn't know it at the time, but I'd put that song on and I'd dance all around the hotel room. Thank you, Lord. God's Great Dance For. I was worshiping Him, thanking Him for her healing. Thank you that by the stripes you bore in your body, Lord, she's healed. Long story short, when she went back to the cornea specialist, her eye was 100% completely healed. How do you fight your battles in these challenging times? My friends, lift up the hands that hang down, strengthen the feeble knees, begin to worship him, begin to look unto him and look away from the distractions. The Bible says in Psalms 34:19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord what? delivers him out of them all. If he said it, he will do it. Just believe it and worship him for the answer. Lastly, how do we stay strong in challenging times? We have to, listen, we have to. And I, I practice what I preach. We have to stay filled with the Spirit. Yes, amen. This Pentecost Sunday, we have to stay filled with the Spirit. Ephesians five eighteen through 20 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. The the Greek for that particular part of the verse, filled, means be being filled with the Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. Stay filled with the Spirit. How do you stay filled with the Spirit? Speaking to yourselves, like the Scripture says, in Psalms and hymns, And songs from the Spirit singing and making melody in your, where? In your heart. There's the inward life again. In your heart to the Lord. So the way you stay strong in these challenging times, lastly, is to stay filled with the Spirit by inwardly singing a song, singing a hymn. That's why it's important that you watch your ear gate, what you put into your heart, Because like the word, it doesn't return void. So if you listen to worship songs and Hillsong songs, Jesus Culture songs, and some of these other bands that are rising up in this day and so you listen to those songs, when you need it, that that song, listen, is going to stir on the inside of you, and you'll find that unconsciously, your spirit is communing with God, even though your head may be thinking about someone else or something else. How many have ever experienced that? You look on the inside, you go, wow, I've had that song going off in me for about two hours, the same song, over and over and over. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit working in you, keeping your relationship with Jesus fresh and helping you to stay strong and be filled with the Spirit. Stay filled with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You stay filled with the Spirit by speaking in tongues and stirring up your prayer language. Some of you have that. Some of you don't. If you have not released your prayer language, we can pray for you today for you to receive your prayer language. I'm going to be honest with you. I've had some very challenging times in my life. And what I've learned is (laughs) I am a spirit. I have a soul. Margie has a soul. Margie is a person. Margie is female. I have a soul and I live in a body. Okay, sometimes my soul is is grieved, my soul is upset, my soul is fighting battles, my soul is hurt, my soul is upset, my soul is confused, but I've learned in the times when I'm confused, I've learned that in the times I'm weak, that there is someone on the inside of me that is going to take a hold of my affliction, and my infirmity, and my inability to make myself strong, and when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, because that's what I do, because I don't know what else to do. I just begin to walk the floors. I just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit. And the more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the more I notice that something on the inside is charging up, rising up, getting strong. I'm being strengthened with might. By what? By the Holy Spirit. Where? In my head? No, in my inner man. And I just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the Word of God confirms that because the Bible says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Nobody can edify you but you. You're responsible for your own walk with God. That word edify means to build yourself up, to charge yourself up. Like a battery, and you know how it works. These phones, I gotta tell you, when you first get them, they work really well. The batteries stay charged for a long period of time. But the more you use your phone, oh, but that's my dog, by the way. That's my screensaver. You know, I had to say something about him, of course. But the more you use the phone the longer this phone is around the more you talk on it the more you text on it the battery just gets lower and lower and lower and then you got to plug that phone in you got to charge that phone up it's on one battery one bar and then you put that plug into the wall you plug it into the power source with that plug and then the more you you plug it in and keep it plugged in the more the bars go from one to to two, to three, God wants you at bar level number four. He wants you to be strong in these challenging times, and you have everything that you need to stay strong. And one of the greatest gifts we ever received was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, with evidence of speaking with other tongues. Jesus talked so much about the Holy Spirit and promised that he wouldn't leave us orphans and promised us that he wouldn't leave us alone. And he said, listen, Listen, get ready, get ready, get ready. The Holy Ghost is coming. I have a gift for you. I'm going to bring the Holy Ghost and he's going to teach you, guide you to be everything that I've been to you. And we find in the scripture that when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the very first thing that happened in that upper room, that rushing mighty wind came into that room and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Then the very first thing that happened after Jesus talked so much about the Holy Ghost. He didn't say anything about tongues. He talked about the person of the Holy Spirit coming. But when it happened and the Holy Ghost came into the earth and at the birth of the church age, the very first thing that happened, you read your Bible, find out for yourself if this is in the word of God. The very first thing that happened is they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and what? They spoke with other tongues So, my friends, if you need more strength, I want to encourage you, if you're not ready today, find out what the Bible says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking with other tongues. Personally, I have many teachings on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why tongues. I do line upon line upon line upon line and make it very clear on my YouTube channel. So, if you want to know more about it, check out my YouTube channel, I I think if you just Google Margie Florent YouTube, it comes up. But the Bible says these signs will follow them that believe. They will speak with new tongues. So are you a believer? Have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You know, the apostles came to a group of believers in Acts. I don't know the exact verse. And he said to this group of believers, he said, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They were believers. They knew Jesus. Are you listening? But they probably sensed, like I sensed when I first got filled, that there was something missing. There was something more. And then they said to him, well, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says they laid hands on him and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So before we close and before we close this time together, I just want to pray for you. We had a meeting like this. I did, a, I did a Facebook Live a few weeks ago. We had so many people baptized in the Holy Spirit just in their own homes, okay? You don't have to go to church to be filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? But if you would like to be filled with the Holy Ghost, why don't we just pull back a little bit and just get quiet, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Are you ready? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Pentecost Sunday, and I desire to be close to you. Jesus Christ, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to make yourself real to me like never before. And today, I make a decision to go in a deeper level of commitment with you. Jesus Christ, I make you my Lord. And now, Jesus, I've heard about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. I am asking you to baptize me today on Pentecost Sunday with the Holy Spirit. Just like in the book of Acts, when you were poured out, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Holy Spirit, rise up in me, and I will, I will begin to speak with other tongues as you give me utterance. Okay, now just lift your hands and just yield to him. That's it. That's it. Just yield to him. The Bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. God hears you. He understands you. Father, I also thank you for my listeners. And those that are listening live, those that are listening in the replay, I pray for them, Lord, that the eyes of their understanding would be opened and enlightened, that you would reveal yourself in a deeper way and in a deeper measure in their hearts and in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.